Lise Bryant launched her labor arts career as the artistic director of the University of Michigan's Labor Theater Project, Workers' Lives, Workers' Stories, in 1982. She joined the National Writers' Union and began her screenwriting career with a script for the documentary Porgy and Bess, An American Voice, which aired on PBS. In 1998, Elise made her Washington, D.C. stage debut in Theater J's production of Goodnight Irene and founded the D.C. Labor Chorus. She directed two productions of the labor jazz opera Forgotten, The Murder at the Ford Rouge Plant in Detroit and in Washington, D.C. She also directed the labor jazz opera Love Songs from the Liberation Wars, the 1940s Tobacco Workers Struggle. She is a lifetime member of the Wadleys, the Industrial Workers of the World, a member of the American Federation of Musicians Local 1000, and a member of the CWA, the Newspaper Guild, Local 32035. In 2012, she was given the Lifetime Achievement Award from the United Association of Labor Educators. And in 2017, she was elected president of the Coalition of Labor Union Women, CLU. Elise has been executive director of the Labor Heritage Foundation for nine years, since 2013. And she joins me today, May 27th, 2022, from Washington, D.C. Is that correct? You are in Washington? Yes, I am. All right. All right. Well, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thank you, Michael. It is an honor to be here. I appreciate your taking the time. So uh, I want to get right into the Great Labor Arts Exchange, which is happening June 17th through the 19th in Chicago. And can you give our listeners an idea of what that's about? Because right now the registration for that event is still open. Yes. The Great Labor Arts Exchange is a gathering of labor union and social justice activists from around the country, and in fact, in Canada as well. And since we've been on, um, during the pandemic and we've been on Zoom, we've actually had people from Mexico and other countries around the world join us. But I think when we're in Chicago, it's going to be basically just us folks from the United States. I could be wrong, because it's also a joint venture with Labor Notes. Uh, and as we, as both former Detroiters, we're both familiar with the labor notes, and that conference will be held at the same time. So the Great Labor Arts Exchange starts on June 16th and runs through June 19th, and registration is still open, uh, but you register for the labor notes conference, and we're kind of a, we're working out so that we're like a uh, track, a cultural arts track of workshops within the labor notes conference, and of course we'll also have our uh, our usual arts exchange, which is a format, general session, where we invite people to come and literally bring their favorite song, story, poem, um, uh, an artistic piece they're working on. You know, we have we have labor cartoonists and labor muralists and labor artists of all sorts. Uh, we have hip hop. The next generation is really big on hip hop, so we have a lot of hip hop artists as well that come to the Great Labor Arts Exchange. And and how many years have you been doing this uh, this event? Mm, I think the the Great Labor Arts Exchange started in 1974. It was called oh. the Great Labor it was called the Great Labor Song Exchange originally. Yeah, Labor Notes for for listeners who don't know, Labor Notes is a publication um, that uh, was originally uh, headquartered in Detroit and and. Uh, I think their slogan was "Put the movement back in the labor movement," and they're uh, it's a 
That's right. Kind of a rank, rank and file led activist uh, publication and organization. And uh, you can go to their website, uh, labornotes.org, I believe it is, to learn more about them. Yes. Um, and and so, how did it, so how did it actually, so they've been running conferences separately and, and Labor Heritage Foundation has been running the Great Labor Arts Exchange separately. How did the, how did the idea come together for the, for the, for the two of you, the two organizations to come together? Labor Notes um, usually has a conference every two years. The Great Labor, Song, um, sorry, Great Labor Arts Exchange happens every year. Uh, and the new editor of Labor Notes is Al Bradbury, Alexander Bradbury. And Al's been coming to the Great Labor Arts Exchange for years because she's also a singer-songwriter. Excellent, excellent singer-songwriter. And when they, they, their conference was usually held in April. Uh, and because of the pandemic, um, you know, people wanted to wait till the weather was a little better. You know, it, it, it tended to get better, uh, less, you know, incidents of the, of the infections as the summer came along. So based on what happened in 2020 and 2021, they thought in 2022, instead of doing it in April, we'll do it in June. And of course, once they made that decision, Al called me right away and said, Elise, we've decided to move the Labor Notes Conference to June, um, that third week in June, which has been the weekend that we've done it every year. We also celebrate U Juneteenth uh, during the Arts Exchange, and so they want to do the same thing. She invited uh, the Labor Arts Exchange to join and do a joint conference together, and I thought, that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We would love to do that. You have workshops and in addition to the, the yes. song, song gatherings and stuff. Can you tell folks a little bit more about what they could expect Yes. Uh, yes, we always have workshops. We're going to have fewer because Labor Notes is huge. They're expecting 4,000 people. So there'll be like 200 workshops. And out of those 200 workshops, we have six that are put together by folks who have come to the Great Labor Arts Exchange for years. We're going to have a workshop on, you know, how to, how to pump up your picket line with uh, Shelly Kessler and Bob Barnes, both longtime activists. Uh, we have a workshop on hip hop. You know, creating the history of hip hop as well as, you know, creating new uh, hip hop pieces uh, that'll be uh, facilitated by Dilson Hernandez, who is a fantastic, in fact, he's an award winning <laughs> hip hop artist. He's won the Great Labor Arts Exchange uh, hip hop writing contest, I think, maybe two years in a row. And so he's leading that workshop. And me and Steve Jones and a new sister, a uh, young sister, Next Generationer, who I met recently named Kenzie Foy, are doing a workshop called Hidden Figures, Black Women in Labor History, where we're going to be talking about specific uh, women that both Steve and uh, Mackenzie have been doing separate research on and creating songs around. And we're going to invite the participants to also name their shero, uh, the African-American woman they know who's been a hidden figure, and to create a song around that person as well. Mike Conopaki of the Huck and Conopaki Labor Cartooning Team, who's going to be there to help people create labor art and cartooning that, that digs and pokes at the establishment and the corporate elite. And in fact, he's going to cover like the legal side of it because, you know, people are afraid of they're going to get sued by somebody. But ah, Mike's got, a, got another story for them. And uh, Steve Early is going to be there signing books. Hallie Hammer, and I think you know Paul McKenna, doing a song a workshop on writing song parodies. 
Amy now will be leading us in labor, quote, movement. That is in how to move and exercise and uh, use our bodies so that we're maintaining our health and well-being for the, the struggle ahead. You registered through the Labor Notes uh, website at labor That's notes. correct. That's correct. Labor, mm-hmm. At labornotes.org. Some of it, or maybe it's just some of the Labor Notes uh, conference, will be live streamed. Yeah, some of it. I'm not sure what. I know not most of it, because um, we've talked the whole thing about having workshops and stuff and live streaming, um, right. but it would be very costly. So, yeah, there'll be some live streaming. Uh, we're definitely going to live stream the concert. We're doing a concert on Saturday night. Uh, that's when the, the night they always have their big uh, fundraiser dinner. And then after the dinner, we're going to have a concert of the artists and activists who are at the Labor Notes Conference, and we're going to do a concert of, uh, of all kinds of music and hip-hop and spoken word and poetry. So this is all part of the mission of the Labor Heritage Foundation that you're the executive director of. And so, but that's not all you do. That's why that's just, uh, you know, the Labor Heritage Foundation does a lot of really great work. Your mission is to strengthen the labor movement through the use of music and arts. Why should the labor movement incorporate music and arts into its work? Because music, movement, spoken words, the arts are the food that feed our souls. It's like, you know, 1912, Lawrence, Massachusetts, we want bread and we want roses. I mean, we we work hard for our money and we want to be treated fairly in the workplace and we want to be paid a living wage um, and and have benefits, but that's not all that life is about. Life is also about the music and uh, the songs and the poems and the things that lift us up. There's no social justice movement in the world that doesn't have some capacity to sing or to chant because when we sing together or chant together, we breathe together. And when we breathe together, our hearts literally synchronize. And that's the power of it. That's, what, that's what the power of the civil rights movement. That's the power of uh, the you know, South Africa liberation movement. That's the power that they were singing at Tiananmen Square of We Shall Overcome in China, low those many years ago. So people forget that, you know, and they think that, oh, this is just something on the side, or isn't that quaint, or, you know, oh, it's nice to have kumbaya, but kumbaya is very, very powerful. And without it, our our souls are empty. That was very beautifully said. I imagine that over the years you've had to kind of push and prod some unions to recognize the, the, the value uh, of music uh, in their work, and uh, and I, you seem to be succeeding in getting more and more unions realizing that that music is an important part of their work. And unions are starting to find that talent within the within the union themselves, and so they're identifying artists who are who are songwriters and singers and hip hop artists and showcasing them at their conventions and conferences. I also direct the DC Labor Course, and. We started out doing, you know, one or two gigs here and there, now and then, and we even started having our own concert because otherwise we wouldn't have anything to perform at. That has so changed. And even during COVID, uh, you know, we've been on Zoom. We've been on uh, Google. We've been on YouTube uh, with conferences and conventions around the country because people recognize that they need, they need that, that coming together as one and, that, and music and chanting songs do that better than anything else. The D.C. Labor Chorus is one of, there are 
labor choruses. I think there's one in New York City, correct? There's one in Seattle. Yeah. One of the best great labor arts exchanges we've had was the com choral convergence of all the labor courses. We had eight labor course courses and two women's courses uh, at that event. I think that was 2015. Uh, and we had our, the largest course turnout in terms of uh, participants that we'd ever had. And it was fantastic because each course has its own kind of character. You know, uh, the Seattle course is different from the... San Francisco chorus is different from the New York chorus, is different from the Minneapolis chorus, which is <laughs> DC labor chorus. I mean, it's just remarkable. Uh, and, and, and we're going to do it again. But first, I want to have the great labor theater convergence before we go back to the choruses. Oh, well, what's that going to be about? There are labor theater companies around the country. There's one that's really active in uh, Colorado. And there's a couple in, in, the, in the Bay Area. Uh, there's a couple in New York. And so we're going to bring uh, those labor courses, those labor theater companies, I'm sorry, uh, together and have a celebration and, you know, have uh, each group do a couple, do a 20-minute, 30-minute set of a scene from one of their plays. And, um, and I know that there's, there's a group that uh, is out of California, the Bay Area, that is, is primarily um, uh, immigrant workers that have come together and formed a labor theater company. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Plus, we're going to have, like, the Labor Jazz Opera by Steve Jones, uh, the famous Forgotten, the Murder in the Ford Rouge Plant, which, uh, which we did in Detroit and here in the D.C. area. and was a phenomenal hit. It's going to be um, the same weekend in June of, of, of 2023. What I really like about all of this stuff, the, the labor choruses, the labor the theaters, is that, these are rank-and-file activists, right, what I would call rank-and-files, yeah. Yeah, union members yeah. or, mm -hmm. or, or maybe not union members, but workers. These are, these are not, yeah. they, we're, we're not talking about professionals, though the level of um, their uh, abilities are often are, are at the professional level, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, we've, and we had, we've had people who started out, you know, rank-and-file workers who then became professional full-time uh, musicians. Uh, American Federation Musicians Local 1000 was formed at the Great Labor Arts Exchange. That's kind of for the traveling musicians, is that correct? I mean, it's right. kind of a... Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Charlie King, John McCutcheon, and John, it's his name, the last thing just went out of my head. Uh, yeah, came together and said, well, you know, we're traveling. Uh, we're doing all these gigs. We, we need a pension. We need to, we need to have... have the people who book us at the folk clubs and whatnot understand that we also need to make a living, and it's just blossomed. I mean, AFM Local 1000 is fabulous. That's why I joined. If people can go to, um, to, to that website, laborheritage.org, they can learn about you, – you have a, a lot of events that you hold over the course of the year, and you have some, yes. some other events in addition to the Great Labor um, – arts exchange that are coming up, correct? Yes, we're going to do a production of Mother Jones, God Willing and the COVID Don't Rise, uh, for Labor Day. And also, we work closely with the People's Music Network. That's like our sister organization. So we're often helping each other in uh, producing concerts. Uh, and we're going to do more of that. Last year, this past year, we did a wonderful concert called Women's Song, where we had 12 women artists uh, from around the country who came together, and of course we did it on Zoom, 
and sang their favorite songs. And it was, you know, we had the young and the next generation and the, the, the older generation, the seasoned ones, and a mix, and everybody just loved it. So we're going to keep, we're going to do that. So we're going to look at theater, we're going to look at music. And I think it's time to have that hip-hop slam thing happen, too. I think we need to bring the next generation folks out. And so I'm, I'm looking at working with Dilson on doing that as well in the coming months. So go to laborheritage.org for, to keep up with us uh, or sign up for our mailing list, our email list, uh, and we'll send information. I always like to ask my guests if there's anything that, I, that I've left out that I haven't said, uh, I haven't asked, I should say, uh, that you want to let our listeners know about. I, I really want us to have a workshop on podcasting in 2023. I, I think we need to bring the labor podcasters together. And talk about that. There's also there's um, you know labor film festivals and Chris Garlock has been working uh, on the international level with with folks uh, on labor film and I hope to showcase that at a future great labor arts exchange. So we we also know that things have changed because of the pandemic and I never thought somebody came to me in 2019 and said oh there's this new thing called Zoom and I really think it's cool you all should know about it and she offered to do a free workshop. He said, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's nice. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Had no idea. It would become a way of life for us. But live streaming has become a part of it now. And I don't think we're going to let that go. And, you know, our Canadian friends said, you know, can you keep the the Zoom part of it so we can also, you know, not have to travel. So we're going to figure that out as well. But I think that definitely live streaming is here to stay. It broadens your audience. It just tremendously broadens your audience. Yes. And people are willing to make donations. And, you know, and it's like whatever you can give. It doesn't matter. And there you are. And I know the first time I got an email, I think it was a Joe Jenks concert online, you know, on Zoom. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, like, here's, here's, my, here's my $20. You know, I love Joe Jenks. I'm president of the North American Branch Fan Club. And so, you know, and I turned on my TV and I hooked up the computer to it. And I sat back in my chair with my tea and I went, Oh, this is kind of cool. You know, not looking for parking spaces, not in the elements. There's nothing like live, that's for sure. But this is the next best thing. If you can't be there, I think so. And I think we, we have to use it. I look forward to hearing more uh, about um, Labor Heritage Foundation's plans around uh, getting podcasters together. I think that would be uh, yes really a, a wonderful experience uh, for all of us that are involved in this kind of stuff to learn, you know, more about how to do it. Thank you very much, Elise Bryant, Executive Director of the Labor Heritage <laughs> Foundation. Thank you, Michael. Love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>